Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So we come at long last to the week of the Republican National Convention in 2016. Who would have thought we would be here now with Donald Trump as the Republican nominee? And following shortly after, of course, will be the Democratic uh, Convention. And we are about to step into a general election that promises to be one of the most divisive in American history. So let's talk about some of the themes, some of the things that are likely to happen during these conventions, and also about how to watch these conventions. We are heading into a general election where most of the people in, in the two parties are not happy with the nominees. I often say that American politics is a matter of hold your nose and hold your nose tighter. And that's definitely what's happening in this general election. Most Republicans are not happy that Donald Trump is the nominee. That's according to polls. And most Democrats do not trust Hillary and would actually choose another nominee if they could. Again, all this is about polls. This is not just my opinion. So uh, you're you're in a con- contest, potentially contested uh, conventions. You are in emotionally heated conventions. Uh, you are in conventions where there'll be a great deal of drama outside of the halls. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be disturbing. It could even get violent. But I'll just say right up front that I think on the other side, we will still be sitting here with Hillary Clinton as the Democratic nominee and Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. Now, let's go to some of the issues that I think could be uh, rather large. First of all, uh, one of the themes that's going to be big, at least at the GOP convention, the Republican convention, are, are the boycotts, are those who are not there. There's always a lot of drama on the floor. There's always a lot of drama on the stage. There's often drama going on outside. But what's going to be interesting at the GOB convention are those who are not there. At this point, uh, neither of our former presidents named Bush are going to be at the convention, and that's that's a protest. John Kasich will not be there. Uh, Mitt Romney will not be there. And a whole host of other Republican officials, senators, congressmen, uh, other officials will not be there. In fact, I've been tweeting some of their humorous responses. Uh, one guy said he had to mow his lawn. Uh, one California uh, congressman uh, said he thought he had something to do at the store. In other words, they're being insulting. Their point is they have no intention of going to a GOP convention in which Donald Trump is nominated. The question that arises uh, in in this contested, protested, uh, angry GOP convention, is it possible that Donald Trump could not receive the nomination. And I have to tell you that it's almost impossible for Donald Trump not to receive the nomination. Let me tell you why. Uh, According to most state laws and most state political organization rules, all of the delegates, almost all the delegates, are obligated to vote for the nominee who won their primary, won that state's primary, in the first ballot at the convention. Now, they can mess with this. 
They can change rules and regulations. In fact, before the cameras even start running on the various conventions, uh, there are lots of committee uh, committees that meet and delegate uh, gatherings and discussions of rules and, and voting procedures and so on. And there are votes about these things. And you could possibly uh, have some alteration of the rules that might remove Donald Trump. It's almost impossible. One percent likelihood. The reality is that uh, most, if not all, of the delegates are obligated to vote for Trump uh, on the first ballot. Now, uh, after that, they are not obligated. They are allowed to vote for uh, whomever their conscience dictates. But the likelihood that there's even going to be a second ballot is very slim. Uh, And the reason is that at this stage in the game, it's very obvious that Donald Trump has won the nomination, that that he has it solidly, that he has it fairly and legally. And eyes now need to turn to defeating Hillary Clinton. That's what the GOP is thinking. So if they have a lot of drama, if they somehow try to steal the nomination from Donald Trump, he's going to sue. He's going to have endless resources to sue. He probably will even have the law on his side. And he will almost certainly, uh, this will almost certainly drag on and will cause great destruction, a weakening, an embarrassment factor, a diminishing of the GOP in the eyes of Americans, and Hillary Clinton will romp into the Oval Office. Um, that, that is absolutely not what the GOP wants to see. I need to mention, too, that there was a Supreme Court uh, ruling, it's called the Cousins decision, Cousins v. Wagoda, and that ruling established the fact that uh, under the First Amendment freedom of association laws and rules, uh, that, that state political organizations and certainly national political organizations uh, have the right to establish their own rules. In other words, uh, national conventions can have their own rules about nominations and what have you, um, and that state rules don't necessarily govern or dictate. So uh, th- there's, there's at least the legal possibility that there could be some changes at the national level with the national conventions that uh, alter what was intended by the primaries, uh, the state primaries. But I have to say there's just almost no way. Uh, I, th- I believe you're going to see Donald Trump be the nominee. I think you'll see a lot of eye rolling within the GOP. Uh, the GOP has been horribly damaged by this recent uh, primary season, and uh, that damage may be fatal ultimately. We may be seeing a split in the party down the road. But right now, the party is going to try to at least feign unity, at least present unity, and they're going to nominate Donald Trump because they think probably he is the best man right now to defeat Hillary Clinton. He pushes the right buttons. He says the right things regarding her, even if he says the wrong things about race and dang near everything else. Now, there is, a, there is another issue, and that is that Governor Pence from Indiana was a very smart move for Donald Trump. Governor Pence is a solid GOP man. He is a Christian. He is conservative. He is pro-life. He is longstanding. He's been elected a number of times. Um, he can talk economics. He can talk social conservatism. He is good-looking. He has a solid family. He's a stable, solid member of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, He is everything Donald Trump is not. And so uh, my point is not to pick on Donald Trump. My point is to say that Mr. Pence was a good choice, a very good choice. It stabilizes the ticket. It appeals to the right. 
uh, within the Republican Party and maybe maybe broader than the Republican Party when Donald Trump is still an unknown. I mean, Donald Trump was espousing extremely liberal views uh, within the last decade. So the fact that he's the GOP frontrunner right now is a shock to many uh, because he was a Democrat not that long ago and a liberal Democrat at that. So Mr. Pence was a very, very smart move. And so this stabilizes things. This brings more into the fold. This gives uh, people uh, more more to attach to with this ticket. I think you're going to hear good things. I think you're going to see good things. I think you're going to f- uh, see some degree of healing. I don't think you'll see a move to unseat uh, Donald Trump. You are going to have a great deal of drama outside the hall because of the rather strident, in some cases, racist things that Mr. Trump has said. Um, you're going to find great a great many protests outside. Part of it is that this is the mood of the country. We are in some ways, not in all ways, but in some ways back to the summers of 67 and 68. Protest is in the air. People are angry. Mr. Trump is the focus of a lot of that anger. Certainly the shootings uh, that have taken place of late. And by the way, I'm recording this uh, just as police have been shot in Baton Rouge. I mean, it's every single day and we grieve and we pray. Uh, But a lot of that's going to get poured out on this first convention, which starts, by the way, uh, about 48 hours from when I'm recording this podcast. So we will see some very interesting things. So Trump will not be bumped. Mr. Pence will bring stability to the ship. Uh, the boycotts will matter as an embarrassment factor. The GOP disunity will matter as an embarrassment factor, but they will not scuttle this ship. People will hold their nose. They will hold their nose tighter. They will uh, endorse Mr. Trump. We will walk out of this convention, I believe, and I'm willing to eat my words if I'm wrong, but I believe with Trump as the presidential nominee, Mr. Pence as the vice presidential nominee. The theme of this convention obviously is going to be Hillary Clinton. And this is where Mr. Trump, as a political opponent, is fierce. He has a read on Hillary Clinton. He knows how to push the right buttons. Um, uh, Calling her crooked Hillary is, if it's not uh, ethical, if it's not moral, if it's not kind, if it's not gentle, it is good politics. Because even the Democratic Party polls high on distrust of Hillary Clinton. Even those planning to vote for her say she's not the most trustworthy person. And by the way, that's a majority of the people who plan to vote for her. Uh, Most people know that the recent email scandal, um, whether it was a violation of law or not, uh, nevertheless was an occasion of tremendous misstatements and lies on the part of Hillary Clinton. So Mr. Trump will go after that. And so you know how it goes on the, the, what what would it be, the Friday morning after a convention, uh, you are charging the other side and Mr. Trump will charge hard. That will probably be the high drama, the lasting drama uh, of the this convention. Outside, you're going to have a great deal of protest. You're going to have people reminding us of Mr. Trump's misstatements, of his mocking of a handicapped journalist, of his uh, racism. In fact, uh, TV commercials, political commercials put on by the Democratic Party right now have that as its theme. Uh, The Democratic Convention, on the other hand, is going to be much more of a love fest. Uh, Hillary Clinton is uh, no question the favorite. Uh, The only drama is going to be who she chooses for her vice presidential nominee. Um, I I think that she may have already chosen. 
Uh, there are three or four people. Most of them are women, interestingly enough. Uh, if this general election becomes a male-female contest, uh, it will certainly be over more than that. It's going to be one of the most interesting, of course, in American history. So what Hillary Clinton has to deal with is that she, while she did get her party's nomination, uh, she has to win the Bernie Sanders supporters who are uh, further to the left of her and very distrustful of her. She has to appoint a vice presidential nominee who rounds her out. And then she has to live, out, live down the sleaze factor. Uh, I, I only use that because the press is using that term. The reality is um, that surrounding the Clintons is a huge amount of uh, suspicion. I'm being kind here about ethics. And that has tortured her run for office and it will torture her run for the presidency. I need to tell you right now that as I look at the polls and look at the math and consider what the possibilities are, this is a very tight Race. Donald Trump is gaining in numbers, and that's despite the fact, at least in the last 30 days, he's run perhaps the worst campaign uh, I've ever seen on a day when he should have been uh, dancing on Hillary Clinton's political grave, at least for that day. He made a speech in which he touted uh, the genius of Saddam Hussein in putting to death terrorists. Not the smartest move on his part. He's changed some people in the campaign. His children, who are much more level-headed than he is, have gotten involved. He's uh, brought a good man into the vice presidential race. And so I think we're going to see a very, very interesting race. But right now, uh, the gap between the two, depending on the poll, is no more than 3 to 4%. And that's, trust me, nothing. That's zero at this, this stage. So watch the conventions. Don't be distracted or fobbed off by just what happens on stage. Look at who's not there. Uh, perceive the speeches that are made by the candidates in terms of what's being endorsed, but also what's being covered for. I expect to hear a lot about ethics and righteous behavior and even maybe a little bit of an apology in Hillary Clinton's acceptance speech. Donald Trump will tone down. He'll try to be statesmanlike. He'll probably invoke American history. Uh, things are going to even up a bit from the primaries. And now we'll head into uh, a general election that should be unbelievably contentious. When it's all over, Somebody's going to win. They're going to win by a small margin. And right now, as they often say, it's a horse race, meaning there is nothing given. Either one of these people could win the presidency of the United States, though the majority of the country finds neither of them to be their preference. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Curves. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.